Hi humans, welcome to our podcast, Let's Talk About It. My name's Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversation about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our Christian faith. We are truth seekers and love Jesus. And just like Jesus, we invite all to the table. That, my friend, is where you come in. If you have something to say or a perspective to share, don't be shy. We would love to know your story. You can reach us at laurenandadamofficial at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. And without further ado, let's Let's talk talk about it. it. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, so today we have again our friend Adam Palmer. He's um, back at it again. <laughs> um, and today we're going to talk about um, Christian culture and what it means to be Christian and just we're talking about religion as a whole. Um, so first of all, did you see my post on Instagram today? I don't know if I did. Okay, I no. said, <laughs> I asked, I posed the question. I said, um, is religion man-made? Oh, okay. which what what's your answer to that? Really, of course, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's funny because like I actually got some responses that were like duh, like duh, like right. more than I thought I would. I mean, and I haven't gotten that many responses back yet because I just posted it, but people are already like, oh yeah, like right. like of course, like how is it not? But it takes a lot of people don't see it that way. Yes, that it's man-made. Well, I mean, if you take the, the basic tenets of it, those are definitely not man-made. Like, faith is something that's intrinsic. Mm. Mm-hmm. And also, to believe, the belief that there's an afterlife or some type of destiny. Yeah. Religion is some sort of a realization and categorization of those things. Yeah, true. Um, but definitely, we made it up, and we made, made up the rules based off of yeah. the readings and the teachings that are passed down. Why do you, like, why do you think we made it up. Like, why do you think humans wanted slash needed religion? I used to um, listen to this uh, apologist speaker named Ravi Zacharias mm. all the time, and he was my favorite. Um, and he he goes to different universities and has open Q&A forums with people mm. to talk nice. about Christian religion and religion and uh, existentialism in general. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the core thing. He He would say that it's a core need for man to kind of rationalize and discover why we're here where we're going mm. and what is our purpose is it like a control thing i don't even know if, if that is i think it's just a, a deep-seated need in us to categorize that journey and yeah so i think that religion is something that we've done that we've constructed in an organized way to repeat the, yeah. the process for most of us mm-hmm. that'd be my take on it um but it's like as far as like religion being the laws and the regulations and stuff like that and that more base definition, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, I think that that's where you're going to find the shift in the, the different facets depending on what country you're in. Literally, true, what country. true, right? Christians here do not resemble Christians in Europe. Yeah, um, they're right. different. Very true. So, what what just out of curiosity, what's like the first thing that comes to your mind? But like differentiating between. European Christians and Americanized I Christians. One of the things, this is a small thing, and it's not saying like this is a. a I'm not the placing, pinnacle. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that this is like I'm placing any judgment or anything on this whatsoever. Just an observation. Yeah. I remember when my old band went on tour to Europe the first time. I was surprised to see that there is a smoking section outside of the venue for the kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that, that was interesting. That would never fly. Right. That's most. I'm, I'm going to say most American churches. Right. I've seen churches. There's yeah. always exceptions. Yeah. But that would that would be one thing that I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And how, how frequently and casually they cuss. Right. And like True. some of the other bands I know that are from Europe, like it's part of their lexicon. <laughs> and know. it's not as offensive uh, to them when they say it. Right. And so it was just, that was an eye-opening thing. Yeah. Um, especially being a, a small town guy from Nevada, like. Right. I, mean, I had no experience. <laughs> You're like, what? what? Like, you guys are breaking the rules. <laughs> right. Passers up on stage. Rule yes. breakers. I mean, technically, I mean, to me, in my heart, that kind of like, it it makes sense to me. Yeah. Like that, that kind of like, 
not like letting the kids smoke necessarily not that that's like a necessary part of like somebody's life or faith Mm -hmm. but i think freedom is always um is always important in people's lives um i'm that's like i feel like one of my life callings is like to set people free like Mm, or to show people that they are free like already Mm -hmm. like they have anyway um but that's just interesting to me because i remember learning that about certain bands (laughs) (laughs) and this was like way back when i was a lot more like i guess on the legalistic path of life and i was like stunned but now i'm like oh like i get it yeah um it's very interesting okay so I was also just recently having a conversation um, and one of my responses back to somebody on my Instagram post um, was that religion and spirituality are not one and the same, but they can coincide. I mean, I feel like sometimes they really aren't coinciding, (laughs) Um, but they are separate. And how I, I think in a lot of ways, Christianity as like a religion has separated itself from spirituality like a lot. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Uh, that's a huge loaded question. <laughs> um, okay, let me answer it in parts. One okay. is I believe a lot of what has happened in American Christianity has mm-hmm. been equating the pursuit of holy living and holiness, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. as um, tantamount to the pursuit of God and pursuit of and, and the enactment of religion. Yeah. And I don't think that that's true. I don't mm. think that, I mean, the, the basic tenet of Christianity is that we are not righteous on our own. Yeah. And that Jesus had to become that righteousness for Christians. Right. And so the fact that that has somehow slipped into us is, is very interesting where the pursuit of holiness, which basically is following uh, standards rules. and rules. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Seeking, seeking perfection so through action. It, yeah, I think it has become more religious as a result of that, mm. as well intentioned as maybe the, the founding uh, minds of that view have flex, yeah. kind of espoused us to, to pursue. I think that that has done a lot of damage because people don't understand where it stops and where it starts. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's one big problem with it. The other thing is like, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of... Um, it's a double-edged sword when you when you go into it. When there has to be some element of faithfulness mm. to faith, yeah. Because otherwise, you can't. It's like, what's the difference of me just saying I believe this one thing and I live completely contrary to it? So right. I understand the want and the desire to adhere to a certain guideline, uh-huh. um, but you can't make that guideline as the religion itself. You right. Can't make that True. into the True. same thing, so especially because we're all like different human beings right. and the guidelines look different for all of us. The human experience is not universal. No. At all. And so like when you try to apply it into this universal mindset or mm. standard, it doesn't hold up very well. Right. Um, because if you take just a, a slice of American Christianity, like take one state, their Christian experience and expression and drop it into like Mumbai or something like mm. that, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't right. hold up anymore. Right. Well, I mean, that's what happens once you start putting things around the context of what you do and how you live within a culture rather than yeah. what your actual experience with Jesus is, right. what your experience, like your your spiritual experience is so, when it's so divorced from your religious practice, I think that's, yeah that definitely is that's, so true. That's why I have such a, a hard time, and I have no, no problem being vocal about this, <laughs> I have a hard time with prosperity gospel yeah. um, and the idea that God is he's showing favor because we're faithful and he's doing that financially and mm. blessings because that does not hold true universally. Yeah. It shows favoritism mm-hmm. on God's behalf. Yes. And it, at that point, the whole premise falls apart. Yeah. Because he doesn't show favorites. It yeah. says that scripture. I'm not, so, a, I'm not a fan either. I'm not a fan <laughs> Just for the record. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It really <laughs> yeah. Me. And because like the same thing is if you go to poor areas of the world, impoverished areas, yeah. the main thing that Christianity can provide that can offer them is hope. Mm-hmm. And that's the one treasure that, like, as Christians, can be left there and yeah. can be invested in. Yeah. But if you try to teach them that they're, if you have the same tenets of what we teach in churches here in America, yeah. that mm-hmm. if you're faithful, he's going to bless you with prosperity. Mm. Right. Then to them, they hear that and think, oh, that's why my family is dying and in poverty. Yeah. Because mm. we're not faithful. Because we're not faithful enough. That's, right. yeah. Which is gross. Right. It's... It puts so much responsibility on 
your relationship with Jesus to to live up to a certain level to goodness yeah so that you can just exist right which is how like mm. i said we we box it up and package it as uh pursuit of holiness right so how good we are how faithful is uh they're they're saying not i can't say who they is but yeah it's kind of this um bunched up idea with that's what faithfulness is, is yeah. holiness. Right. Well, it's just interesting that religion has gotten so tied to like sociopolitical stances like yes. all the time because it, it just really kind of continues that conversation down is religion or um, structuralized religion um, just a control tactic in a way um, because culturally, if it does look different in each place, the rules are different in each place. The way it's practiced in each different culture like if if it can be true for everybody and you can live in your culture and your religion is true to you there so like say you live here in the states and the way that you practice your your religion looks one way and then you go to another part of the country or another country in general um, and it looks completely different if it can be true to you in each place and not um adhere to similar principles say like you go to another country and and religion looks like uh like like you said that you can smoke you can smoke outside the church or you can't when you're here in the states if if those kind of things are what define the culture of your religion that's just very uh, to me it just seems very controlling very culturally controlling where it's just kind of more of a tactic of of keeping people in a manageable line Mm -hmm. and tying that to your uh what's the word i'm looking for your um salvation (laughs) if you can tie your credibility if you can if you can tie your actions in your culture to your salvation Mm. that's like a very very hard thing to ever push back against and actually seek after the relationship that you're supposed to be going after in the first place do you think i'm curious do you think if we could just like snap our fingers and like all man-made religion was just like poof gone like there was nothing like it had never like religion hadn't happened right okay Mm -hmm. so we're just left with like spirituality and and faith and hope and that's kind of like the things that you were saying are like natural human things um like innate human things do you think religion would recreate itself you know man would recreate it yeah 100 i think that um there's power to be had and when there's power to be had Mm. people will take it yeah and Mm -hmm. so that's where you see um the problem in the crisis of religion is that power has corrupted in Mm -hmm. in certain areas and so whenever there's power of influence over people which is what happens a lot in religion yeah Mm -hmm. there's gonna be people vying for that position of power yeah and i believe 100 percent if we wiped it clean tonight and yeah. starting over and we knew and we already like sent out an edict to everyone in the world hey this is happening tonight at midnight it's all gone yeah then i think within a half a year it'd start up again in it would actions interesting yeah because, i mean i agree yeah I don't, I don't i don't really know why so yeah because because um i think that we have there's always gonna be people that are interested in having influence mm-hmm. and the way it looks in, in certain cultures right now, I mean, this is a great segue into church leadership in America, mm-hmm. is um, we give people positions of responsibility because they have demonstrated... Power. Yeah. Faithfulness and power. So we give them more power and then say, hey, here, here, kind of control this for a little bit and see what you can do with this. And then we title it and say, oh, it's we ascribe God to it, saying, oh, well, God has mm. blessed you and put you in this position. Yeah. Uh, well, really, I mean, I did the interview and I let you in. But You're right. that's unholy <laughs> yeah. of me to say that, not spiritual saying it. Yeah. So I think that um, it's, it's part of our core uh, identity as humanity is that we want to know where we're going and why we're here mm. and how we yeah. got here. Those are like Anything three, religion helps us kind of figure that out? It categorizes it. That's all it does is it categorizes it. And I think that... Um, it's we're always going to try to organize things. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's just what, what happens with our 
our species. We just organize. Yeah. Right. It's the same, same reason we have the Myers-Briggs test and the Enneagram, Enneagram and all that. It's because everybody's always seeking a box for their truth to be true. Yes. Yeah. That's that's say it. Interesting. Have you heard of the big five? It's, a, it's another type of personality. <laughs> Gosh, no. add another one. No. Yeah, we'll look into it because okay. I, I hear that that's like one of the more... The um, big five. There's only five? Psychologically accurate things. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, oof, that's, that's hard. I feel like... I, I could grasp the Myers-Briggs because there are 16, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, 16 versions or personality, whatever, things you could get. And then when the Enneagram came out, I was like, only nine? And now you're just saying five. I'm like, wait, there's only five of us? <laughs> like, there's only five of us here on Earth? We'll see what you have to do now is you just have to realize that each one of those, each has its own special place. So if you're an INTJ, that's a nine wing eight and also a whatever on the five. <laughs> that makes a lot of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, that's true, I guess. You add them all together. Right. And then right. it's like, makes right. up who you are. So really, it's not, it's not, it's not funneling it down to five. It's expanding it five. Sure, sure. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. That like puts me at ease a little bit, I guess. But it's so interesting because I think we're coming into a space now, which maybe we always have been, and it's just, it hasn't always been so corporatized, but I think we're coming into a space where people are finally starting to realize that there's a lot of uh, versions of reality that exist outside of their own perception, Mm -hmm. which is why we're seeing such a spike in... I, I don't even know this, um, this not questioning of Christianity, but this realization that, well, that yeah. the structure of Christianity can't come from one person. It can't right. come from one story and it can't come from one book Yeah, because well, so many people have so many different experiences. Like Jesus is oh, seeking a relationship consistently. Mm-hmm. If he's seeking a relationship with an individual, everybody's religion is going to look different. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's religion, even like within Christianity. Like if you like, if you're, if your religion is based off of Jesus, then yeah. yeah. Anyway, but actually, that's interesting. I was gonna ask, where do you think, like, for Christians who are more seeking like their truth, mm-hmm. where do you think Jesus lands on this whole religion spirituality thing? Um, <laughs> I mean. I mean, it can be personal. Like you can say like your personal opinion because that's not, you know, on this podcast, like we said last time, it's opinion. Right, right. So where does Jesus land in in the role of religion or? Religion or spirit and or spirituality. Like, like literally where you can take that question in any way you want it. Like, what do you think Jesus, like the intentions of Jesus were? Mm -hmm. Or what do you like? How do you think? Like, yeah, what is it like his role, his place in this almost it it shouldn't be a battle, but almost like a battle between structure, religion and spirituality. Right. Like where 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 does he land? OK, um, you know, it's interesting. I've heard a lot of different comments on this that I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing a lot of people. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh Ravi Zacharias, one of the other things he said is that Christianity is the big guy in, in the bar um, that everyone wants to take a swipe at. It's like the, the tall person, the big buff guy that everyone's like, well, I'm going to take him down just to see what I can do. The reason why it's it's consistently kind of bucked against and pushed against is because there's there's a historical validity to it that yeah. we can't outright dismiss in one sentence. Right. Mm-hmm. It's different if, if I said, like, my shoe talked to me last night and declared that he was God and I believe in him and the religion forms around that shoe. Right. Because it's really easily debunked. It's kind of a trash theory. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you have somebody that has been such a, a huge imprint on mm-hmm. all of time that for literally for a, thousands of years we've based our calendars off of yeah. mm. his existence. Yep. Um, a lot of modern art is based off of that. Yep. Um, and we're not going to get into why that was like a forced thing and how uh, <laughs> church and state, that was the only thing you're allowed to depict. Like, that yeah. makes sense. But uh, modern music is largely due to church yeah, songs. Yeah, it's true. Um, so it's had an indelible mark on all of mankind's right. history. It's it's huge. There's no one yeah. actually like the figure of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, true. And I, I've heard so many different arguments about the apocryphal books and also uh like isis and um Mm. uh, osiris and and different like old egyptian gods saying that's where we got our idea for christ and messiah role and and all that stuff yeah it's an archetypal theme that it just does not hold up the same weight as the impact of jesus christ so i think that 
who he said he was is like we know the way the truth and life and he, mm-hmm. he, he declared himself to be god and people were like well what does he actually do that john eight fifty eight. if mm. you look at it he actually says i am and they knew why he said that and the pharisees pick up stones to kill him because they're like you just said that you're i am okay now yeah i kill you um, right to say that was to blatantly claim god he right said that he was god so you have the norm mcdonald quite like honestly that or no i think it's josh mcdowell he said um <laughs> you have the argument of what to do with jesus he's either lord liar or lunatic right right i remember that pick one of those things mm-hmm. and that's kind of a uh almost like a category error as far as like how you approach the the logic of it. You're, yeah. You're arming them with their only options, and there's more options than just those. Right, right. Um, but I would say that there's definitely validity to that because yeah. he, people were willing to die for him. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. that were never in his direct life are willing to die yeah. for him. So there's Absolutely. something bigger and more momentous of his impact yes. than any other figure in history. Absolutely. And um, an old interviewer uh, named Larry King said, somebody asked him a question, what's the the most important question? If you can ask anyone from all of history mm-hmm. one question and yeah. they had to give you a 100% accurate answer, yeah. who would you ask and why? And I kind of want to know what your guys' answer are, but his answer was amazing. He said, um, I talked to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and mm-hmm. asked if, it was, if he was a virgin born. Interesting. Yeah, that, because that changes everything. It changes everything. everything. I mean, really. Like, dang, that's a big question right there. <laughs> I mean, it um, is. So, like, I, that really resounded with me and kind of yeah. stuck with me because I think that's that's huge. If mm. that one thing is not true, then it, it disavows the entire story of Christianity. Yeah. That mm. one question. It's Whoa. a powerful question. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. And also about the, the resurrection. If he didn't actually raise himself from the dead, then Christianity is just a, a story. It's a fairy right. tale. So there's oh. two really, really big things about Huge. who he is. And that's why there's been uh, wars and arguments and both sides of you're a heretic, you're not a heretic. And mm. these theological battles over this man in history. Yeah. Because obviously there's something key and important there. Right. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Even sorry. for me. No, no, that's wonderful. I mean, even for me to like. Of course, like, I want you on the podcast because you make me think, and I feel like you're a good conversationalist, but also, like, I really <laughs> like that you help me, like, I don't know, realize questions that I've had, or, um, yeah, I just, I resonate, like, a lot with that, because, um, yeah, I've just been on my own journey, and, mm-hmm. um, of basically unreligiousifying <laughs> uh, my relationship, well, my spirituality, so it's, like, what is spirituality? To me, it's, a relationship with the divine it's <laughs> with God. Um, have, do you know of father Richard Rohr? Yes. Okay. Yes. What do you think of him? Um, I, I have lots of quotes from him saved. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, okay. Which is awesome. I love that you like have quotes and you just yeah. like, they're just in your memory yeah. bank and you're like, Oh, this is by whoever. Yeah. That's great. I love that. I don't have that ability, but I, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So anyway, I love him. I love mm-hmm. Richard Rohr. Um, and, so he's the the author of what's it called the book the, uni- the universe? universal Christ yes universal Christ, Christ. Um, what are your thoughts on that um, I haven't read it um, okay. but I would everything that I've heard from him and his discussions have been challenging mm-hmm. and I really like that in the best way in the best way <laughs> I love that because um, I feel like one of the things that modern day Christianity and our events that we gathered for and sermons and stuff is we like assimilation of thought we like mm-hmm. we have these thought rallies of everyone getting together and saying the same thing we all believe already yep. oh. <laughs> yeah we are big fans of that no, i mean not us personally but, <laughs> but as like, a human race yes yeah. we are so it's like the christian culture likes doing these things where you're getting together for concerts or for sermons or for um like retreats or whatever we're mm-hmm. all saying things we all know and agree with right so there's mm-hmm. no challenging there it's so uninteresting and the, the challenging part of it is always like uh, we're we're gonna call out sin like that's that's easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Call out wrongdoing is not challenging, right? At all. <laughs> what I think is interesting about that too, though, is when you do have so many people with such a mob mentality, you can become emotionally triggered by situations that are otherwise non-emotional, other yeah. than shared shared belief. Mm-hmm. And then you can, uh, because of those experiences, you can start tying your own belief to a spiritual experience because you're experiencing feelings 
tied to the things that you initially believed in the first place. Yeah. Where you just kind of get the cyclical thing where now now you feel justified in your own truth beyond just the reality of you believing it, right. but because you feel like you've had an external experience that val- uh, validated that belief. Yeah, you know, I'm going to share something I haven't Whoa. shared anywhere before. I oh, it's yes! really, really funny. Um, I remember the first time I shared my, quote, testimony uh, okay. with anyone was at this camp that I was in charge of uh, leading worship for. Okay. Um, and I had gone to things like that before and seen how people share their testimonies, which is testimonies, just their story of how they came to faith or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was raised atheist. And so I came to faith at 16. And so my story is dramatic, but right. I always saw when people were in their telling their story, they'd cry and they'd be emotional. Yeah. And so I, I told my story and I forced myself to cry <laughs> and forced yeah. myself to pause and force myself to like show like quivering lips. And like it was totally, what? Because I thought it was staged. I thought that that's what we had to do this. The story is real, but the right, expression right. and the emotion behind it was manufactured because mm-hmm. it felt contextually correct. Right, yep. right. You know? And I so completely understand. I did that and I remember just thinking afterwards, I'm like, I feel so conflicted right now. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, like, absolutely. I, I did the thing and we all did, we all did the thing and where we share our stories and we cry. So I, yeah. I did that. And oh, interesting. it was funny because I was so detached from my story because of a lot of trauma I went through. Only way that you can survive a lot of stuff is repression and compartmentalization. Mm. Yeah, totally. So when I told it, it's just like me retelling like a movie. Mm-hmm. It's like me describing. You are detached scene. in a way. I am. Yeah. Scene for scene description of what happened because it doesn't feel real anymore. Yeah. So as I did that, I had to manufacture emotions and it was accepted. And people were like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. so anointed in your story. I'm thinking like, <laughs> well, I, I know it wasn't because I made that. Yeah. Right. Oh, I mean, that, I that was that. Yeah. that was the same initial oh, experience that I ever had doing worship music. Was mm-hmm. I know that I could be having an I could be having a spiritual experience in one certain part of a worship song. That's really true and genuine. Yeah. And nobody else is responding the same way. But I also know that when you go out and you, as a drummer for me, mm-hmm. swell on the cymbals the right way and oh, yeah. it lands and breaks right at the right spot. It gives you goosebumps. It gives you goosebumps. It's really the drummer that leads any kind of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but I, I could, I could almost statistically predict methodically if somebody was going to be when they were find like- their salvation <laughs> or raise their hand, you know, like that kind of thing where it's just like, <laughs> Like wow, right, 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 right. That's it for sure. Totally, absolutely. Because because once you start going out on the road, like Mm -hmm. as you were and we were, you you start to see the correlation between a good show Mm -hmm. and salvations. When I mean, when there are people that are counting and praying and like all of that kind of stuff, like you start to see correlations there, and it just starts to feel very manufactured. Interesting, isn't it? Let's can we pause there and camp there for a second? Because that thought is so fascinating to me. Yes, let's actually pause. I know for myself personally, I am, what do you call it? I I have been affected by that. I'm somebody who has fallen trapped to that, <laughs> I guess, of of the uh, drum swells the and the cymbal swell salvation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I, yeah, I've definitely been affected. I've been like, I know if I, once Adam like communicated that to me, that that's like kind of a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Um I started to notice it within myself and I was like, wait, what is happening? Not to say that like, you know, it's not all bad. It's not like a bad thing, but it is a little constructed. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing is, is I think a lot of times there you have uh, in the hyper charismatic movement saying that construction's uh, bad and spontaneous is, is, equal to the spirit. Yeah. And then you have people on the other side, um, more conservative camp, they'll be like, oh, well, you can still be planned and still have construction still make sense. And that's where the American Christian kind of jumbles their footing on it. Mm. And they don't really know what to do and what's God and what's not. Right. Because like, I remember hearing Ryan Tedder from One Republic say that he wanted to, his goal for his artistry was to create concerts that felt spiritual. Mm. And <laughs> wow. Um, and he said, and it's like one of my favorite bands, he said, of all time was U2. And when you go see a U2 show, it feels spiritual. Cause yeah. It almost feels like there's something sacred happening here. And if that expression is felt outside of the, the, the walls of the church uh. in any type of Christian gathering events, then what is that? What do we do with that? And how do we categorize that? 
because Ooh. I feel like it definitely has some spiritual validity it. to it. <laughs> yes. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't have to have, and that's where the, the American church is a little guilty of, you have to embed it with literally lyrics of scripture in order mm. for it to be suddenly well, I, or else spiritual. Is Otherwise, it... it's not witchcraft right well it's like i think that ties into the whole ideology of written specified rule-based religion Mm. because there is the spirit realm that exists outside of the structure of written religion rules and guidelines Mm -hmm. and i think so much of that happens unspoken so much of that happens within um a like meeting of souls whether that's a person or whether that's like a literal commune with jesus and you're like feeling spiritual Mm. connection there but it happens outside of having to put something into words having to literally like create and and specify what it is you're experiencing and what you're trying to say Mm -hmm. sometimes it can just happen and it's more true and more honest that way yeah absolutely um i I, I don't know. I I feel like I'm still figuring out. Like I feel like the question is more important than the answer there. Mm. <laughs> At least for me right now. Sure, yeah. Um I I definitely resonate with that question with being like what does it mean when there's a spiritual encounter and religion or let's just talk from like our specific personal experience if Christianity mm-hmm. if the confines of religion and Christianity and church and whatever is not within that spiritual moment. Uh, like what does that mean? Like, I feel like a lot of the times, so I am going back to a lot of my childlike ways and which to me is like a check of like affirmation of like, yeah, you're like doing a good thing, going down the right path. Because when I was a kid, I was actually very spiritual. Um, I think back on like, like 10 years and younger, I mean, I was almost to like a weird amount. Like I was like that kid, that kid like talking to the wind and like just was really in tune with like, I don't know, just, I was just spiritual. Everything was like, I wasn't necessarily an emotional kid, but I was just really, um, I'm not, not in line. That's not the right word, but I was really like, I felt like empowered a lot. I felt like very like, in like one with like nature and the kind of spiritual realm and it just was spiritual and it's something that kind of started dying off the more and more I got into like traditional religion and was like you know and then we that goes into like whenever I hit puberty (laughs) and that's when I hit purity culture stuff so a lot of that actually probably had a lot to do with like stopping listening to my um spiritual intuition um, cause it's all about like not listening to your body and not listening to yourself and all that Just purity culture is, um, repression, repression. Yeah, yeah. Literally it's repression. Um, and anyway, so I'm like going back to that a lot and I just, I, I don't know. I feel like when I asked you the question, like, where does Jesus, like, where does he land with that? Um, I almost feel like at least who I've learned who Jesus is, like he exists in my spirit spirituality so much more than my religion um i was just talking to a friend today actually um he was messaging me off of something i said on social media and i was like yeah it's so cool like because he's like yeah and this is the jesus way of blah 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 doing this that and the other and i was like yeah i genuinely responded back i love jesus (laughs) and i was like oh i know i like i love jesus like for me i love the guy he was is whatever like i I genuinely do, but it's like I can now say that and now do say that and mean it because I mean it, not because it's the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like new to me. Like my curiosity of who God is is all new to me um, because it was just all scary and like all. I think it's really healthy. Boxed in, yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think it's healthy too. But I. It took me experiencing spirituality outside of religious walls to almost come back to like home base yeah the simplicity of what it should have been the whole time exactly and so that's like what's kind of taken me on this journey is like oh i feel like i can like i'm so curious about god and i like jesus and like (laughs) i feel like that's like the i don't know i feel like that's just home base for me yeah just experiencing the wonder of it yeah and i think that's a beautiful pure place to be i i think i was thinking about it as you're speaking a little bit 
how I define religion. I, I would say religion is the like qualifications and quantifying where spirituality should and should not be expressed. Mm. And it's kind mm. of a boundary of like these are the the, the box rules of yeah. how that can be expressed mm-hmm. and that side of it is not good. And that's yeah. where religion has a destructive effect. Is yeah. it saying that these are the ways that we've understood spirituality to exist and to move and to be real. And yeah. so when you're outside of these, that's bad. Right. Yeah. And not really giving definition to why it's bad, but just kind of like it's bad. Do you think do you think Christianity exists in a healthy way? Um out there anywhere somewhere? I'm sure out there somewhere, yeah. I, I don't think that you can answer that universally. I can't no. say it's universally no. bad or universally good. Because right. I think that there's obviously abuses in it. Anytime yeah. you have humanity involved, we're going to find a way to screw <laughs> things up. We Always. Just do. Yeah. I, just, I, I think to expand, to expand this kind of conversation about a spiritual experience being untied to the actual like words and construct of what worship is mm-hmm. and the spiritual experience that can be tied to that, I think I think it's pretty um, small-minded of us to believe that Jesus can only create a spiritual experience and connect with somebody spiritually inside of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Because I think he, I I I don't imagine that somebody else believing another religion, reading a different Bible or a different scripture, holy scripture, holy scripture of any kind, bars Jesus from having an emotional and spiritual connection with that person in whatever moment that is. And And I don't necessarily even believe that like the names that we have tied to things in Christianity are the correct names. I don't think, I mean, you know, Jesus is called so many different things, but also like he's Jesus. He was actually here in flesh, but God is called so many things like, and so I think, I think even outside outside of the context of Christianity, but also inside the context of other religions, I think Jesus and God can still just wreck somebody with a spiritual experience, mm-hmm. whether or not they realize that they're worshiping the same God as us. Mm-hmm. Or not even realize, but if that's like the names they're calling it too. Like some people don't have never heard the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I would be like, oh, that was an encounter with Jesus because that's my verbiage. But yeah. that may not be their verbiage because they may have never heard of Jesus. Anyway, that's they're they're encountering <laughs> the same yeah the same power and the same power yeah under a different name yeah and I think it's a little bit that's a kind of going down the path of Richard Rohr a little bit okay because um, yeah. actually I've never I've never read the book either so yeah. um the Universal Christ um but I've heard interviews you know with mm-hmm. him and um. Have you heard the one where it's with Oprah, Super Soul? No. Yeah, it's no, good. No, it's no. like, that's that's the one I like. I've listened to that one. Actually, I never listen back through something more than once. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like a one-time like movie person. Like, that's just who I am. Yeah. But with this interview, I've listened to it so many times through. Um, I just I just think he's so, so powerful. Like, that awesome. he's just awesome. Like, he's just totally awesome. Um. So anyway, that's kind of it's a little bit going down his path, his like universal Christ. It's a little bit like um, he talks about when Jesus came down to the earth to to die, like he died for all of humanity mm-hmm. universally. Right. Um, and it just it got me thinking because a lot of things he says like make sense with who I know Jesus to be. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I need to read it, and I would encourage anybody else to read it. Everybody I've talked to who has read it. They're like, it's literally life changing. Yeah. And it's like, I remember hearing quotes of being like, oh, that's a Jesus I can get to know. Mm. Like, you know, when they've like, people have heard about the book. Like I've read comments and I've not read the book, but I've read a lot of reviews. <laughs> a lot of like, I've heard a lot about it. Um, and yeah, anyway, about his life and his practice and all that. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, so I definitely assimilate most with that practice of Christianity. Mm. However... I don't think technically that would be deemed very Christian. A lot of what I believe I don't think would be deemed very Christian. Well, we always have labels and summarizations of, of exactly. where to, to classify somebody. Right. And um, <clears throat> I don't know, like if, if you wanted to, to like narrow it down into that for, 
each one of us, it, I bet we can probably find a label that mm-hmm. would fit each one of us pretty well. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't really do anything because for me, at least, I'm kind of changing and growing all the time. Yeah. And like who I was a year ago versus two years ago versus five years ago are all radically different versions yeah. and iterations of myself yeah. <laughs> and my thought process. Because if not, then I've stagnated and I'm, I'm just staying still. You're just... Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I no. remember I used to talk to this guy... <clears throat> at this church I used to go to and every single time I talked to him it'd be after service he'd come up to me and share about uh in the 70s what happened mm. and I'm like if in my head I remember thinking afterwards I was driving home like if that's the only experience he's ever had with any type of spirituality or God mm. it's kind of sad that is yeah, sad it's a bummer because he that's all he refers back to is if that's the realm and the years that god existed in his life yeah. mm-hmm. and then since then it's all referring back to that i don't want to be stagnant Mm-mm. in my thoughts or in my progression as a human yeah. yeah and so like the things i've learned lesson i've learned they're not going away they haven't gone away or been written over right they've just become like books that are in different shelves yeah in my mind's library if that makes sense right yeah. it's not well, like you've stomped all over those things right. or trashed them they're still there I, if right. anything i have more clarification of mm. what it is that i believed in and where my weak spots were yeah, yeah. well I you agree. have almost more of a roadmap because yeah. because you're looking back hindsight obviously like when you're living in a moment you don't realize you're any certain type of way other than exactly how you are what your experience yeah. is you don't you don't think of yourself as conservative you don't think of yourself as liberal you don't think of yourself as right. any Anything other than yeah. exactly where you're at and the experiences sure. you're having. Yeah. So that's amazing that you're able to look back at that and see in hindsight, like, oh, hey, that's where I was doing this thing. And that's that's different than what I'm doing right now. It's building blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're constantly, if somebody like him is constantly living back on what his experience was in the 70s mm-hmm. and constantly leaning into that and seeking that mm-hmm. as their kind of driving force for their their spirituality and their religion, like that all you'll ever be able to do is keep going back to that well and just keep tapping into that same yeah. thing rather than looking back Which at... Which will dry up. It yes. will dry up. Yeah, I yes. was going to say. That well will dry up. Yes, absolutely. Love the I metaphors. Used to have, there's um, a number of people, well-meaning, I'm sure, um, on social media fans that would reach out when I was in my old band that would say, hey, I noticed the name of Jesus wasn't said in this song. And it's as if oh they have gosh, a notepad yes. with a two boxes on there. One says says Jesus, the other one says does not say Jesus, and they have their hand in red ink my. over and over the not yeah, says yeah, Jesus, yeah. Oh and they ready to report me. Yeah. And so they'd be like, well, oh. I, I, what is this song really about? I'm like, well, it's mentioning sin and the cross and salvation, so I'm probably Christian. Pro- yeah. Probably. probably Christian. Yeah. And but, well, it doesn't oh say anything about Jesus. Like, oh, you couldn't figure out what we're referring to? Definitely wasn't like, I don't know, the Lord of the Rings. You're right. <laughs> right. It's clearly about something. There's like very, very obvious. Time of the resurrection of Christ. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think people are kind of trained. It's a fear thing. It's yeah. like they're afraid of, um, I don't know. There's just so much fear in, in American Christianity. There's just a ton of it. Well, I'm just very frightened. It's interesting. Like thinking that somebody do- doesn't exactly know how to describe their experience unless the name of Jesus is mentioned. Right. Do you have any experiences that you feel uh, were a spiritual experience that were outside of the realm of your oh religion? Gosh, absolutely. Music does for me in a huge mm. way. I'll just be listening to music and like, I don't know what it is. Like, even if it's an emotional part of a song, it'll totally make me cry. Yeah. And not saying that emotion is spirituality, but no, I'm, not I'm at saying all. that like, there's such a, a strong emotional reaction to what's happening. To spirituality. To yeah. spirituality yeah. that's happening that, it comes out expressed in tears. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and just to understand that you are a spiritual being yeah. operating inside of a body. Like yeah. if you are a Christian, if you ascribe to spirituality at all, mm-hmm. you that's that's the basis of it is right. you are a soul that is occupying space yeah. in a physical world right now. So for you to try to like be something that like every experience that you have that affects you is a spiritual experience. Right. Because you are a spirit, you are mm-hmm. a soul. Yeah. So, like to, to to try to divide and divorce emotional experience from a spiritual experience, I think can become a slippery slope because that's where you get into legalism, where you're like, okay, well, anything that's emotional is is <laughs> is not definable. It's not structured. Therefore, it's not safe. has it's no place. Not no right. Place. It's not it's not safe, and it's not spiritual because it's emotional right. because it's reactionary. Right. Rather than something that's intentionally seeking after something that's already pre-structured. Yeah. If you d- 
if you ascribe to the belief that we are created by God in the first place and we're created in his image, then we are created in the image of his emotions too. Yes. Yeah. And so that's absolutely. an expression of, of him. If it's an emotional response, it's because that's what we're made from and of. Yeah. It's mirroring him. You know, two things that, that Jesus said that were really, really permanently going to impact me for the rest of my life is like talking about religion. He says pure and undefiled religion is this, that we care for the widows and the orphans. Mm, so yeah. That's one thing is yeah. it's care, it's giving, and it's love. It's welcoming and it's taking care of those who cannot. That's yeah. a huge thing. That's one huge tenet. Yeah. The other one, he says, um, is that like our command that he's given to us, the last thing he says is that we're supposed to love. You know? Right. Yep. And in, in, in uh, First Corinthians 13, the love chapter, everyone talks about yes. weddings and everything like that. The old King James Version of the Bible actually um, translates that word as charity, which I've always loved that. Interesting. I didn't know love, that. It says charity. And that's that's such a true definition of what love actually is. Yeah. For our modern lexicon, that makes it sound richer, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. charity is what? It's giving without seeking return. It's an overflow. Yeah. It's an overflow. It's taking care of. It's having concern for others. It is like hmm. not even, you're not even part of the story. You're just yeah, giving. Yeah, that's huge. You're giving for the sake for somebody to be blessed and receive. Yeah. So charity is the true definition of love. So you look at the widows and orphans and you look mm-hmm. at that charity, that kind of encapsulates how like he desires hmm. our faith, our spirituality to be expressed. Yeah. Or and anybody outside of the, the box. Or yeah. that's, I was just talking to Adam <clears throat> and my family about how we were talking about like life, not life callings, but like like family missions almost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I told him that me yeah. and Adams is like to invite more people to the table. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's exactly like what that reson oh. that like resonates with me in a way that I'm like, yeah, makes sense. That's what Jesus said. That's what yep. he's about. Yep. Charity, inviting more people to the table, especially those who, who feel like outsiders who yeah. feel like they don't belong. Um, yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. I love that. I've never heard that before. That's, that's so, so cool. cool. Isn't that cool? I mean, and to even like realize that charity doesn't exist in, in the sense that a lot of people like immediately mentally associate, it's not always physical. It's not always oh, yeah. monetary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of charity happens within conversations and relationship. Like, and behind the scenes even. Yeah. It's like just doing it out of just, you're just, it's just charity. Like, what do you think a charity is? And like, how are you, how are you involved in charity? And yeah, I don't that's know. That's so cool. I'm definitely going to like sit with that. That's, yeah. that's, yes. that's pretty that cool. cool. I love that. Yeah. Well, um, Last question. So, and you don't, you know, have to answer this, but do you call yourself a Christian? Yeah. You do? Um, And I I think that when I answer that question, there's a lot more deeper understanding and meaning of the definition of that Mm -hmm. than there used to be. So the simple answer is yes, but if you want like a a long-winded answer, I can provide that for people as well. Yeah. What that exactly means <laughs> yeah. when I say that. Which I love that about you. You're like, yeah. if you're interested, I will tell you, tell but you buckle why. up. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a, definitely a longer, more complex de- like decision to even yeah. make yeah. for me than it used to be. I agree. Do you feel like, um, well, I mean, you were kind of saying this, so I'm kind of just feeding into the same thing that you were just saying, but do you feel like Christianity... Uh, people's understanding of it when you immediately identify with Christianity is expanding outside of what it used to be because I feel like people for a long time Mm. would uh, Christianity was a deterrent Mm -hmm. do you feel like it's expanding to a point where when you claim Christianity and you're able to like be yourself and be kind and be charitable like when you're able to say that you claim Christianity do you feel like it's it's limiting or do you feel like it's opening up a little bit more um I I feel like it's opening up a little bit more but I'm also less concerned about that than i used to be I, i'm very selfish in my faith and yeah. that sounds funny but no that's no, beautiful that's, that's, that's we so should all bad. be selfish in our it's, faith it's not like it's become privatized where it's just in my back pocket and i don't i don't share about it with anyone it just is kind of like one of those things where um it has such a deep meaning and value to me mm. that's like in the last couple of years i've gone back and forth on it like there yeah. there were times if you were caught me at the right month or right moment yeah. i would completely deny it yeah yeah completely i have no problem saying because it's my story yeah so I, I would absolutely say no i'm not yeah. at all and then That's it's so like i kind of am now it's like kind of oh i'm a believer i don't know what it is but like for me it's just um the journey has been not safe yeah mm-hmm. and it's i felt welcomed or rejected based off of my answer mm. yeah um which is really sad and um, welcomed and not welcomed based off of my response to yeah. that type of question. So now it's just as 
without any shame or, or, or anything tied to it. Like my expression of spirituality and faith has landed in that camp yeah, in a broad mm-hmm. sense in a broad stroke. Yeah. As far as it being like definable as the same as every other Christian you're going to talk to, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. probably pretty far outside that scope, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, you have your own ownership through your own experience. But I, I feel like the more people who have that expanded, I guess, um, experience with Christianity still claim being Christian, mm-hmm. yeah. still call themselves Christian. I believe, and it's not to say that people need to, but I think the more people, the better, because then it's going to help people understand that being a Christian doesn't always have to look exactly like the yeah. westernized version of right. For today's me, Christians. It's, it's fearless and messy, and yeah. that's yeah. the best way I can describe it. I don't really fit in to the cookie-cutter model of what church Christianity mm. looks like. Yeah, right. right. In, in this part of the world um not in today's culture not in today's like i, I i'm not a cultural christian mm-hmm. yeah, i'm somebody that believes that jesus is who he says he is yeah. yeah that's the the definition i can answer which is kind of in line with somebody else that just kind of had an yeah but like, um, <laughs> right i'm I'm, same, just, same. I'm just kind of like landing on on my feet off of this and a little bit awkwardly at mm. that of like well yeah i, I am gonna say that i'm defined as that but at the same time i also <laughs> depends on who you ask yeah yeah well yeah. i was asking you yes and so you say you are my, and that's what matters is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that same me too um it, it definitely depends on who you ask yeah. what social media followers would you ask um <laughs> they all have different answers for me um but yeah that's my answer too it's like at the end of the day does it really matter what they think no because it i think that they'll only think about it for hours or days beyond that then there's oh, yeah. something wrong with them yeah exactly um, i saw this book this is the last thing i'll say but i saw this book in this little bookstore just around the corner um before i came over and <laughs> it was called 100 things i want to do before i die oh and yeah this group of four friends these guys that just sat down and said what are 100 things that we absolutely want to experience before we yeah. die <laughs> and it was kind of like this list of these crazy things like they want to repel down the George Washington face or Mount Rushmore or whatever. Love. And like, why not? Why not? You know, just do these crazy things. Yeah. And some of them like are irresponsible. You're going to get arrested. Sure. But yeah. it's like, that's part of living is that you go through life without fear of mm. regret or remorse. It's just yeah. like yeah. go through your experience. Be unafraid to be messy and mess yeah. up. Yeah. Because that's, that's living right there. Absolutely. And, and, and sometimes love things just because you you can do them. You yes. can. You, yes. You can love them. And enjoy what you enjoy. Like, that's yeah. kind of the thing, too, is, like, don't make apologies for it. Like, yeah. that's not theirs to sort out. Right. That, that might even ruffle people's feathers if I'm saying do what you want to do and go pursue hedonism. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> really, well, do what you want to do. Yeah. And what are people saying how they judge you? Really, at the end of the day, when you close your eyes the last time and breathe your last breath, mm. it's not going to matter anymore. No. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. As the, as, the, as the young kids say it, YOLO. <laughs> as the kids of these days well on that note yeah. thank you for coming back again for literally so like much, the conversation is always so good which yeah. obviously appreciate we've it. had you back twice yeah so. thank you so much i appreciate it thanks for listening guys till next time Bye-bye. bye